The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host jake p john pause and this is who is this week joining me is the other man in the booth he is a doctor he is the mr j man himself he is dr michael jargo jargo welcome back to who is how you doing great to be here man i'm, I'm looking forward to this episode i kind of threw my list together but you know given this week's topic it's pretty cut and dry right like i, I feel like there's a number one and we're arguing over number two but it was insane to me how many people had used this freaking gimmick throughout the course of the years. It is crazy to think of all these King gimmicks and how many people have done it. Cause it's almost seems like old hat, like, no, you, you can't use that gimmick anymore. And then it just keeps coming back and back and back. And I think the tournament aspects for WBF King of the ring is interesting. And the people using that, you know, gimmick or a little uh, vehicle to get over really and the tournament can be kind of cool, but it's funny how many times they got to go back to that. Well, it's one of those things. It's not to me. It's not like the Royal Rumble where it's great and you look forward to. Sometimes King of the Ring, you're like again, like oh man, like oh, I don't know about that. Like Booker T that year that, that they did with him, like that was kind of cool. It was like a resurgence. It came back a little bit, but sometimes you feel like it's almost like all right. Like this year, I thought King Nakamura was already the king, and you just had King Corbin. Like we need another king. Like I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, and, and so it was interesting looking back through history and being like, oh, yeah, like Booker T you brought up. Wow. He really made that work for him. Like that was a hell of a gimmick for Booker yep. T. And then you look down the list and it's like Kurt Angle was king of the ring. Oh, yeah, I do vaguely <laughs> remember that. You know, yep. oh, Sheamus was king of the ring. I, I, I do vaguely remember that guys that really made it work and guys that had absolutely no luck at all. Yes. Some of them are very, very forgettable. Some of them are great. Some of them, mm, you know, okay. And there's there's yeah. one that is on my list that I have all the way down at number 19. Wade Barrett was king of the ring. Yeah. I guess he was bad news, Barrett, at that point. And when you think of, like, the king gimmick and you think of Wade Barrett, like, how did you screw this one up? Like, this should have worked. This should have been a very memorable run for Wade Barrett. And I barely remember it at all. 
you figure he might be considered royalty or could pretend he's royalty. You know what I mean? Like throw the king thing around, say, hey, I'm from England or whatever, and then kind of toss that around and say you're the king. But yeah, that that was a big swing and a miss. And that was at the point where you almost thought like, okay, Barrett might get a little bit of a push. As well, he should. I mean, look at the freaking guy at that time. You know what I mean? Like he was shredded. He's tall. He's good on the mic. He can work in the ring. Like, what, what is there not to like about Wade Barrett as a talent? Unless you're John Cena. Yes. I was going to say, unless somebody politically squashes you out like a yeah. Cena, which apparently did happen, uh, that could happen to you. Cena, apparently, if he doesn't like you, you're not going to get the old push. Alex Riley has said that. Obviously, Barrett, we know. And Tyler Rex, a.k.a. Gabby Tough, has also said that in the past. Chris Masters, actually, too, has said that about Cena squishing out a... a a possible push or he didn't like the guy for whatever reason or they didn't get along and Cena kind of squashed him so people think Cena's this great guy but uh, there's some times out there where he's killing off gimmicks and killing off pushes and obviously killed the Nexus too and it's interesting because that's like the first like half of John Cena's career right yeah. and when you look at the second half of John Cena's career it was like he was trying to give back in spades where he was like, I, I realize this is the narrative, but, you know, when I'm in my prime and I'm at the top, yeah, I'm not doing jobs for nobody. But now that I know I'm on my way out the door, I'm going to spend like the next five years just putting everybody over. Pretty good, actually, if you think about it. It's like, OK, I'm the guy. I don't want to give up the spot. You know, you put your thumb down on a few guys. There's no doubt about it. And you're in a political position to do that. And if you're making money, obviously they're going to listen to you and, and right. who you want to work with and who you want a job to not job to. But like you said, as he's working his way out, he's going to lose to some guys. And he does, you kind of mentioned briefly before, he does lose to Sheamus, who also was a king of the ring, who I also forgot was a king of the ring, right. who has also basically won everything. It was funny. The WWE almost gave him too much too soon. Like he's world champ almost right away. Then they make him win the Royal Rumble right away. And like it was too much too soon. And now it's almost like this is the best Sheamus of his career. Now he could be winning these things and moving up the card, but he already did that. So it's almost like he can't go backwards with him. I totally forgot he was king of the ring. The problem with Sheamus is they gave him the Okada push and then they de-pushed him. And now they're trying to push him again. If yep. you're going to give somebody the Okada push, you got to just continue the Okada push because what once they start losing, it, it just takes all that mystique away. Shane, both of those guys, right? Sheamus and Wade Barrett. When I look at both of those guys, when they came into the company, they should have been main eventers for the next decade. If you think about it, right? McIntyre, Sheamus, Barrett, three huge guys. Like yeah. bigger than normal size. I mean, maybe in the 80s, they're like average. But today's guys, they're almost giants. Mm -hmm. Like they're bigger than normal guys. They're all have you know, foreign descent or wherever they're from. And Ireland and Scotland and England. It's like, okay, that's perfect. Everything lines up perfectly. Then all of a sudden, McIntyre gets fired. Okay, that's odd. Barrett gets phased out and fired. Seamus just kind of gets phased out for a while. Does tag teams for years. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, that's right. This guy, we have him over here. He's really good. Let's push him again. I know it's weird. You can't kind of map it out with some of these guys. Uh, like, what's going to happen in their career? But now McIntyre is back on top after getting fired. And I, I still don't know why. It, it never explained to me. Like, oh, he needed a fresh start. So I'm like, okay. So you give it to him there. So, I mean, whatever. But the King of the Ring is usually sometimes used to help these guys get along, get a push. But with those three, man, how weird. Well, here's a perfect one of the guys on my list, right? 
independently, he was known as King Ricochet. So I, I tuned into Monday Night Raw last night for the first time in probably two years because I was actually off on a Monday night. So Ooh. I sit down, I watch Monday Night Raw, and Ricochet cuts probably the best promo of his WWE career, talking about how he's gonna it's gonna be the return of King Ricochet. And then he goes out and does the job to Xavier Woods. And I was <laughs> like, you could have really like if you would have decided, hey, maybe we should push Ricochet this would have been a great time to do it. Like you're just shaking up the rosters. You could have him run through the King of the ring, bring back the whole crown gimmick. Like Ricochet really made that work for him on the independent scene. Instead, they put over Xavier Woods. Now Woods has been petitioning for the King of the ring for like over a year to, to bring it back. And they keep teasing like that. He's going to win it. I have a feeling Mahal is going to win it, especially because it's going to get possibly oh. crowned. In in uh, Saudi Arabia, I feel like you're gonna get some big heat over there with him getting crowned the king over there. I don't know, call me crazy, but I'm just, I just have that feeling Mahal might win. You know the one that got me. I and this is more current, and we don't really talk current wrestling on this show, but this one really got me. Pause. This really got me, and this will be on the blow off this weekend. Theblowoffpod.com. Yeah, it's a new thing. Um, so last night they broke up Ali and Mansoor. Right. And they have, you know, Mansoor get his ass kicked by Ali backstage, and chances are they're going to end up doing this match in Saudi Arabia. Can we look at the undertones here? Ali is Pakistani, Mansoor is Saudi Arabian, the Pakistani gets one over on the Saudi here, so the Saudi can go over and beat up the Pakistani guy in Saudi Arabia? Dude. I thought you were going... That they're breaking up literally every team, Tegan and Shotzi, uh, those two, like every oh, uh, Veer and Shanky are breaking up, breaking up all these teams. It's very, it's uh, Natalia and Tamina. That's uh, that's what direction I thought you were going, but yes, I, I do Veer agree. And Shanky. Yeah, but imagine though, let's just say Mahal was to win, wouldn't you want his two knights with him or whatever? So now he's only going to get one guy, and the other guys on uh, on uh, the others. Are we really going to push Jinder Mahal again? <laughs> Yeah. This is why I haven't watched Raw in two years until last night. Let me tell you, I didn't see anything to make me tune in. I don't think he's won a match in a long time, so it's kind of surprising to be Kofi. Disgusting. I mean, just... You, you, put, you put Woods over Ricochet, and then you put Jinder Mahal over... Because, I mean, like, the only justification for putting Woods over Ricochet to me was so that you would have Woods versus Kofi. Like, right. Right. This is this is the only time this is going to happen. Let's enjoy it for what it is. They've been working on this match backstage for five freaking years. Like this is gonna nope, Jinder Mahal. Okay. Did you like King Corbin? Now known as Happy Corbin. Did you like that gimmick for him? You know, I have on my list. I ended up with twenty four names. Pause. Okay. The last name on my list is Kenny King, just because it's a rib, right? Kenny King (laughs) even sucks at being Kenny King, but. (laughs) I, I have like this kind of like joke group right at the bottom. And I have Wade Barrett. I have Seamus. I have angle. I have Ray Mysterio, the King of mystery for those of you who don't know. And then I have like my last name, right? Like I had to find all these joke people that I would put above this last name. And I'm interested to see when you come to it. It is not Baron Corbin. I, I really liked the entire King Corbin thing when it started. Right. Yep. When he had the scepter and the crown and he was like going full bore into it. 
I thought it had a lot of legs to it. I think I'm higher on Baron Corbin than a lot of people are. Um, and I, I, I hate this happy Corbin thing. Like I, I miss Baron Corbin in NXT when the crowd would chant one, two, yeah. three, see how long this guy was going to last. I, I, I'm higher on Baron Corbin, but I just wish that he was doing something more serious. I thought King Corbin was going to be it. And then it kind of turned into a joke too. What about King Nakamura? Well, you know, I do have King Nakamura on my list. I have King Nakamura on my list very, very high, not because of anything he's done in the WWE, but because he is the king of strong style. He is the king inside of the king of sports, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I t- Nakamura made that work for him inside of New Japan, like it, whether it was the Statue of Liberty entrance coming out with the crazy crowns at Wrestle Kingdom. Everybody knew he was the king of strong style. When they put the king gimmick on him in the WWE, I was like, oh, cool. We're like actually going to do the king of strong style. Nope. We get Rick Boogs. So Nakamura on my list, but he fell down a ways. What was the... And somebody online said they made sense of it. I must have missed it. What was the whole, like, they do the King of the Ring. He's technically the king. How is he not the king right now? And how is the king up for grabs? Like, literally, Adam Pierce just took the crown and he said, okay, take the crown. Like, that's it? Like, I don't get that. So Nakamura doesn't even have his crown anymore? As far as I know, I don't think so. He didn't have oh, it on I don't think. It's so freaking lame, dude. And I was trying to figure it out. Somebody online said that... uh they made sense of it, quote unquote, and that Pierce took the crown back. But what was like, how did they make sense of it? Like, what did he say? You know, like, how is he not the king? That's ridiculous. That's awful. He Ugh. should have to fight for it now. See, this is why I don't watch WWE TV. I mean, it's just, why would you do that? I mean, like Nakamura's finally clicking. Like he's finally got something going. You hold the WWE draft, right? You look at that roster. If I'm Roman Reigns, I am storming into Vince's office and being like, what the hell did you do to me? It's the Roman Reigns show. The show is about Roman Reigns. So let's look at all the great contenders that you've got lined up for me to go through over the course of the next year. We start with Brock Lesnar. Okay, cool. I like that. Then we go to Drew McIntyre. Okay, cool. I like that. And then we got nothing, pal. You're down to, you know, Nakamura, Cesaro, Kofi. And it's just like, how do you keep this show interesting? You finally get something with Nakamura. He's like riding this wave of momentum with the whole like King Nakamura thing. Yeah, let's take that away from him. When you need contenders for Roman Reigns to beat up, why would you do that? I have no idea. Makes no oh. sense to me because I was like, he's kind of rolling, and you thought that he keeps going and going. He's eventually going to get a shot at Roman Reigns, but weird, maybe, they just kind of take that Rick away. Boogs. Maybe Rick Boogs is going to be the guy to take down the head of the table. And we were just doing the King thing with Nakamura so that we could get Boogs over. And now Boogs is going to turn heel on Nakamura, break an electric guitar over his head. It'll be great. It's good shit, pal. Did you think? Um, with Prince Devitt, aka Finn Balor, in it, any chance to make him King Balor? No. Well, they did do Demon King, Finn Balor. You know, so I mean, I, I guess Balor technically would qualify for the list because you know, basically, the list is you have to have the word King somehow associated <laughs> with your gimmick. Right. Um, but I, I I didn't put Balor on my list because to me it's just the demon, you know. But I the Prince Devitt thing, I mean. 
but it's weird because they never really did anything with it. So even if I had him on my list, he would only go over Kenny King and the one guy who pulled off the King gimmick better than Kenny King. There's only Billy, one. Billy Gunn. No, I didn't even put Billy Gunn on my list. Oh, okay. I mean, come on, Billy Gunn. He did win uh, King of the Ring. I He did win King of the Ring, but it was a miserable failure. Like that's, that's one guy that it just did not work. He was like a King ass. Yeah. Just yep. didn't work. And they ended up taking it off of him because it wasn't working. So you mentioned kind of Kurt Angle. You forget that he was the King. They're obviously trying to give him a push. Did the same thing with edge in 2001. It just one of those things where it's pretty obvious he was going to win that they had sights set on giving him a push. I think that's did the he made the list at all. I, I, I do have Edge right above like my joke group, right? Because he was like the king of attitude. He had like the big black trophy, right? Like it, I, I thought the Edge thing could have been cool, but what it really was more so for Edge was this is how we're going to launch him into the main event picture. Right. Yep. It's funny. Some years, the guy, if you win the king of the ring, you're like number one contender or you're on your way to a push. Like with Lesnar, it was like in, in 02 the right. year after. Edge was like, you're number one contender and you're facing the rock. Like it was a straight boom to the top straight. You're in the main event. Some guys, not so much, but what do you think about Lesnar? He's got to make the list. Yeah. Lesnar's kind of in that same category. I even have Austin in that same category, you know, like the, the, the thing about Austin was he wins King of the ring and you get the Austin three sixteen says, I just whipped your ass. Like it might be the most important moment in the history of the King of the ring, but I don't remember stone cold King. Do you? No definitely not i just but, remember the promo that's that's all you need to remember but it's funny though that austin thing it's a little bit of revisionist history because after he wins king of the ring they do like nothing with him he's on the oh. uh SummerSlam pre-show against yokozuna the rope breaks he barely beats him and i was like wow is this guy gonna be used anything they don't use him on the pay-per-view after that then all of a sudden they're teasing the bret hart return then he starts getting a push and then he starts getting the Survivor Series match against Brett, which is awesome. And then that feud, which is just epic and awesome. I love that feud and everything about it. But it's funny. It was took Bret Hart saying, I want to work with Sky for him to get a push. Not the Austin 316, because well, total and, revision is history. And then Sean at 14. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that feud is absurd. Yep. The, the, the thing that was so great about that feud is you could, not only did those two guys not touch for like four months, you rarely got them even in the same building together because Sean was so screwed up at the time that he wasn't even coming to work. Yep. And the thing is, too, which is funny, it's like, okay, Austin 316, oh, Vince must have been very aware of that. Russo tells a great story about how Vince McMahon, because he was going to put it on the magazine cover, he's like, oh, man, Austin 316, this thing is hot. Vince said to him, Vince McMahon said to Russo, what's Austin 316? He's like, you're kidding, right? And Pat Patterson was like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> and he's like, no, he referred, like, whatever. Like, so Vince kind of brushed it over. And then it started getting over. It's so like, see, Austin 316, McMahon. And then he started getting into it. But that's just crazy that, like, the magazine writer and the booker are like, oh, what, what can we do about this 316 stuff? And Vince is, like, kind of brushing it off as if it wasn't as important. And it may be the biggest 
t-shirt seller of all time uh that they're still i don't know if you saw this recently they're still making those shirts now it's san francisco 316 and sacramento 316 so now they're even still making money off of it which is crazy so i know that is probably the number one t-shirt seller of all time you know hulkamania is up there and the nwl is obviously up there and bullet club got up there too the bullet club yep and and they're saying now the cm punk shirt but i don't think it's going to reach anywhere the popularity of uh of an Austin 316, but they're saying that puncture is selling really well in pro wrestling tees. Two two related stories to the punk shirt and the bullet club shirt, and what we were talking about with Jinder Mahal. Did you hear this story? No. So, so the bullet club shirt ends up inside of Hot Topic, right? And everybody yep. wondered how that happened. What happened was the Hot Topic people were at WrestleMania in Dallas. And they're seeing all these Bullet Club shirts around the arena. And they go to Vince and they're like, hey, we want that Bullet Club shirt inside of the store. And Vince is like, yeah, that's not ours. And that's how Bullet Club ended up inside of Hot Topic. Now we have the same issue. It seems that a certain Saudi crown prince put in a request for Daniel Bryan and CM Punk to appear at Crown Jewel. <laughs> he uh remember he won the yokozuna and ultimate warrior and stuff like he obviously doesn't pay attention but yeah. he knows who are stars though he but knows yeah, uh, name. i'm sure that was a great conversation for vince to go uh yeah they don't work here anymore yep hey now it's gonna open the door like hey AEW, we want those guys you want to work with us yeah you want the forbidden door that is the forbidden door Yep. Although I think Dana Bryan said he doesn't want to go back there. I didn't think he wanted to get too political about it, but and I remember him saying something about not going back. But well, uh, you know, it's not like they they chop people up into little pieces and send them halfway around the world in a cardboard box. Oh wait, Jamal Khashoggi. Shit. Um, Ken Shamrock was another name that I just wrote down. Kind of meant really nothing in essence. He was kind of getting a push, but still feuding with The Rock. I'm surprised The Rock never won it, but. Shamrock is kind of a throwaway King of the Ring. The Shamrock thing is interesting because everybody that you listen to, whether it's Bruce Prichard or whether it's Jim Ross, it's, everybody was so high on Ken Shamrock. And everybody says that Ken Shamrock should have had a better career than what he had. Then why didn't he? I mean, because it's it's all the people that are in all of the positions of power that say the same thing about Ken Shamrock. Like it, it had to be a Vince thing because everybody else seems to freaking love the guy. Yep. Brett they just wanted the job to him. Ass, you know, yep. Brett wanted the job to him. I talked to a lot of wrestlers and they would, they said like psychology wise, if you're going to job to somebody, job to somebody legit. Cause the fans will be like, Oh Absolutely. shit, well he lost a shamrock. He's legit. Like that kind of thing. Like undertaker with Lesnar. Well, the guy's legit. I don't mind losing to him. He's legit. Right. So like that goes a long way, man. It's funny that like Brad and Austin, all these guys love him And, Vince must have not because remember him and the rock. I thought he was going to start getting the big push. The rock is the one that ended up getting the big push despite losing the King of the ring. That kind of saw his ascent up the top. Or so I guess the question is, you know, it, it's kind of like the high fi high fidelity thing where like, did, did I listen to pop music? Cause I was miserable or was I miserable because I listened to pop music. <laughs> um, right. The deal with Shamrock, like, did Vince not push him because he knew Shamrock was going to leave and go back to the UFC? Or did Shamrock leave and go back to the UFC because Vince didn't push him? Like, which, right. which one is it? 
you know. Right. I know Pride Fighting Championship, basically 99, 2000, they saw an opportunity to bring Shamrock in and they gave him a shit ton of money to do it. Yep. And then UFC saw that he was still popular, still over, still in great shape. Maybe not the fighter he once was, but they saw that, oh shit, okay, let's, let's create this Tito Ortiz feud and we could make a shitload of money and start the ball rolling in the yep. right direction instead of being in the red. And that really helped UFC big time because Shamrock was a huge name for them obviously Absolutely. Uh, pillar and godfather really uh, of uh old school ufc for sure okay well now if we're, if we're going to talk about shamrock we have to talk about his greatest rival of all time a man that i have very very high on my list if for no other reason than he scares the ever-loving hell out of me minoru suzuki minoru suzuki is the king of pancrase when he comes out in new japan pro wrestling people simply know him as king I've got Minoru Suzuki pretty high on my list, not because, you know, the, the the King gimmick so much, just the attitude and the way Suzuki has ruled is very much like that evil King kind of gimmick inside of a Japanese context where they don't really do the over the top presentation. So Suzuki definitely counts for me. I thought you were going to go a different direction because technically Shamrock and Suzuki shoot you know, obviously King of Pancreas, but shoot fighting wise, they hate each other. And it's funny. I interviewed Shamrock not that long ago thinking that they was over, but apparently they still do hate each other because Shamrock got a little ornery talking about Suzuki and those fights and stuff. It, you know, that's almost 30 years ago now. And, right. and they still absolutely hate each other. Both of them can be considered pillars or godfathers of MMA. Absolutely. And it's funny when people like even disco was like, Oh, I don't know if I believe this guy, Minoru Suzuki, he's a legit shoot fighter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a legit killer. That's I mean, why he's so believable. Yeah. Like, don't don't put over Ken Shamrock to me in one breath and then say that you don't buy Minoru Suzuki, who right, tapped out no Ken sense. Shamrock twice. Right. Makes no sense. Yep. I mean, like, yeah. no, that doesn't work. And it still bothers Shamrock. So, I mean, it shows you like, OK, this guy, he's legit. Yeah. I mean, Suzuki's no joke, man. It's I thought you're going to go a different direction with uh, Shamrock's greatest rival. I thought you were going to talk about the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, King I, of the Ring winner as well. I have Owen very high on my list. We talked about guys that really made that gimmick work for him. The, and it was so logical. The King of Hearts, right? And he was so obnoxious and the slammies and the, the robe and the big crown. Oh, it was great. Owen was great in pretty much any role but especially something that he could just go completely over the top as a heel yep. just to annoy the ever-loving crap out of you. He was fantastic at it. It was money. Absolutely love the King of Hearts. He's very, very high on my list as well because when I was immediately thinking about this, I was like, man, that was awesome. Just the way it he was. kind of turned the gimmick into something like, okay, he's King of the Ring. He had to top Brett. But, like, how could you top it even further? Well, I'm the king of hearts. Not only the king of the ring, just like you were now, I'm the king of hearts. So, love that gimmick. It was so, so logical, like, too. Like, yeah. how did you not see that one coming? Yep. Awesome. Um, very that, very And I love the black yeah. heart. When Owen did the black heart. Yes. That was great, too. Like, yes. they're so close together, like, similarly in, inside of the presentation. The, the king of hearts and the black heart. But I, I love both of those gimmicks. I always wondered, like, if the Blue Blazer thing didn't happen, you know, just horrible accident. But I always wondered if he was headed back up the card or if he was going to be like that guy that put everybody over, like, in that kind of role. I always was very curious about what was going to happen with him. Because I always felt like he deserved the world title or should have got that 
bigger, longer main event push. Basically, like the Action Zone uh, debut against Brett was, and, and uh, on that show, the debut Action Zone show was like right. the last match for Owen really as like the main eventer in 94 because you were like damn I thought that would continue or continue to WrestleMania 11 and have Owen Brett one-on-one again and see what goes on but kind of stops there and he kind of goes to the upper mid card after that how much of that do you think was the Austin thing a lot of it I think it was too I mean like even if Vince wasn't like consciously trying to punish Owen I think subconsciously he was punishing Owen right even though when Austin was obviously, I mean, it sucked for Austin to get injured, but it was like a very good character development time for him and, and mm-hmm. stunnering people and doing all that other stuff because that got him on TV a lot. So yep. in one instance, it was terrible and the injury sucked and obviously ended up kind of slowing down and ending his career way, way, way too soon. But it did help his character development in that short period of time that he was out. Yeah. But it seemed like that was kind of the end of any of Owen's pushes. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. You know, I mean, I mean, when you really think about how much money Vince lost with Austin being out that period yep. of time, like yep. even if, if Vince wasn't consciously trying to punish Owen, he was trying to punish Owen. He was furious with him. Yeah, yep. definitely. So I just have a bunch of guys from the old school King of the Ring that I want to throw out there. I didn't really have them high up on my list, but I want to throw them out there. First King of the Ring, Don Morocco, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Tito Santana, all former King of the Ring winners. I don't know if any of them made your list at all. Yeah, I, I thought about putting them on my list, but it's like I don't I don't remember any of them as king. Like no. I don't remember them doing anything with the gimmick. Like if anybody was going to, you would have thought it would have been DiBiase, right? Like the million dollar king, I think could have been a really, really cool gimmick. Yep. The only one that I really have is like the old school King of the Ring that actually won it and they did something with the King was King Harley Race. But obviously that was a little bit later. They really kind of did something with it. But he's very high on my list just because I love that damn gimmick. I love that damn LJN. That's one of those things, too. And it's funny because you think about the Carly Race, NWA world champion, big time legend. A lot of fans remember him as the king, you know, like the upper mid card guy had some a great house show feuds with Hogan, stuff like yeah. that. And like because you're a younger fan, you don't remember like, wow, this guy's a god of wrestling might be one of the all time greats. Um you know, the greatest wrestler in God's green earth, like all this other stuff. So many people remember that damn LJN figure and him being the king, but I put him very high up my list because cool gimmick for the guy. Technically you're saying he's the king of wrestling, right? But it's never going to be like the main event guy anymore because he's a little bit older and advanced in his career. Yeah. It, it, and it could directly corresponds with the national expansion, right? Like, and, and where, when did you first see Harley race? Right. But the problem is by the time Harley race got on national TV, where everybody was seeing him, that's when you get into the King Harley race thing. It's were you a part of one of those territories where race was working and doing the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. Like that, that's the Harley race that people should talk about, but you're right. It's more the King gimmick. He's very high up my list. So was his opponent, King Haku, the man that takes the crown for him. Do you have King Haku high up on the list? King Tonga. I I have King Haku, like number four on my list, man. I shook hands with King Haku. I I, I thought King Haku was going to tear my arm off and beat me with it. Like his hands are huge. He is a very large man. Um, And I, whether it was 
King Haku, whether it was Meng, whether it was just regular Haku, whether it's you know, the King Haku we see now do rare appearances in New Japan Pro Wrestling. If he just shows up on a Bullet Club video with Tamatanga and Tangaloa, like anytime I can get me some King Haku, give me King Haku. I just, I absolutely freaking love that guy. And he is another one that I always felt like he deserved better inside of the booking. I always thought King Haku deserved better. I agree. Love that feud with Harley Race. Love those matches. Very hard-hitting. Good stuff there. But I definitely think he deserved better. Former tag team champion, obviously, with Andre, the colossal connection. But definitely thought he deserved better. I love that gimmick. I think he was perfect for it. Just, just looks like some sort of like crazy royalty from, from the islands. You know what I mean? Like, right. Oh yeah. He's a real King. Even oh, like, like when he was doing the Mang thing in WCW and he had like the giant fro and the huge pants. And it was like, and you know, that's a legit badass. Like yep. he, King Haku is the guy that everybody is like, you do not mess with that guy. I even remember new Japan a few years ago when him and his boys like took out the whole bullet club and they beat yep. everybody up believable because it, yeah, the firing squad, because it's friggin' Haku. Very believable. And it, watching Tama Tonga, there is so much of young Haku inside of Tama Tonga, but he can talk. My God, can Tama Tonga run his mouth? And if King Haku would have learned how to run his mouth like his boy did, holy crap, this guy would have been the limit. I would have, like, give me Tama Tonga, like, versus Hulk Hogan. Like, that classic Hulk Hogan, but, like, have Tama cutting promos against him. If Haku would have had that, man, be printing money. What about a guy we mentioned? Actually, we didn't mention him, actually. Uh, now that I think about it, we should have mentioned him. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the man that took the, the crown from Haku. What about King Duggan? You have found the man who belongs at the bottom of the list right <sighs> above Kenny King. And you know why Hacksaw Jim Duggan belongs at the bottom of the list right above Kenny King? Why? Because he beat King Haku to take it. I mean, that alone is such a sin. I can never forgive Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Him and his crazy, stupid faces that he was making with the crown. Yep. Yep. I mean, it, like, I felt like Jim Duggan was an embarrassment to that gimmick. <laughs> well, he was doing a lot of jokey sports entertaining stuff. Yes. And yeah. it, 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 it ruined the gimmick. Like, it, you no longer took, like, when Harley Race had it, it was a legit gimmick. When King Haku had it, it felt like a legit gimmick. And then Duggan took it from King Haku, and it just became a joke until it went away and then brought back many years later. So the man that takes it from Duggan, I have very, very high up on my list. What about the Macho King, Randy Savage? It's funny to think like, wow, Macho Man giving him this weird King gimmick. Will it work? And it was awesome. I loved it. Great. It was freaking great. It's one of my favorite eras of Macho Man. Like yeah. just the outfits and the crowns with the scepters. And he was the first guy that like, I remembered like the scepter being just as important as the crown. Like he was getting the scepter involved. He's taking people out with the scepter. Like I, it fit Macho Man. Like nobody thought that it would fit. But we should have. I mean, go back and look at like Macho Man at WrestleMania Five, and instead of the do rag, just make it a crown, like the big flowing capes, and oh, it was great. Loved it, 
love the gimmick. I love even Queen Sherry with him. Just was perfect. And if you think about it and you're looking at it like, no, Macho Man is a god of wrestling. You're going to make a Macho King. Like, is it going to work? Man, he made that shit work big time. Yep, absolutely. Another guy we mentioned, we actually did mention him before, and I put him very high on my list as well. Same kind of boat. Like, oh, you're going to give this guy this gimmick. It's going to fail miserably. And we mentioned him. Booker T. Man, did he hit a home run with that. That He was awesome, awesome, awesome with that gimmick. I love King Booker. He went all in. I mean, yep. and it was absolute money. Like, it could have went so wrong at so many different twists and turns. Like, who thought it was a good idea to give Booker T a British accent? Like, there's <laughs> right. no reason that should have worked. Right. Yep. But, boy, did he make it work. I, it was great stuff. I love it. With that too, it Queen Charmel is perfect. You just think they're like, wow, like how could this possibly work on paper? How could this work? Booker T doing a British accent, okay, that sounds horrible. The pinkies up. Yep, but man, it was awesome, and they put him right back in the main event, put him right back on top, right back towards the world title. I mean, it was awesome. I was like, I can't believe this worked, but he was the perfect choice. Like, as I thought, like, oh, maybe I'll make him King Lashley, but he'll be like Lesnar where he doesn't really care about the crown, but right. they'll just kind of give this like, no, they went a totally different direction with it. And Booker was unbelievable in that role, man. Talk about hitting, uh, taking a single and making a home run out of it, man. Did he ever. Well, and it's, it, it's one of those things when you go all in with something, you know, then it works. Like I've got two guys on my list that we haven't talked about, and I'm sure they're not on your list because there's absolutely no reason to be on your list other than to have them above Hacksaw Jim Duggan. King Switch, Switchblade Jay White. I got him above Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I wow. even have the King of Darkness, Evil. I have him above Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like they did more with the gimmick than Hacksaw Jim Duggan did. But, so it, it, but they denigrating axel right now i am i am he deserves it for taking it away from haku but they only go half in on it right like i would love to see them do like a full-on king switchblade but they don't do it they just call him king switch i'd love to see evil like do like you know the crown of thorns house of torture king of darkness but they only go halfway in on it you know booker t he went all in and it was great, and people are going to remember it forever. Yes. Same thing to me with William Regal. When Regal wins the king, I was like, I was like man, that's just perfect. First of all, like British royalty, everything else, but perfect as a king. He did that role eloquently, but also just he nailed it to me. I just thought he was a great king as well. When we talk about who is going to be number two on the list of the greatest kings of all time, I have King Regal number two. I thought that gimmick was amazing. The whole King Lear thing, the presentation of it, the cadence, the in-ring style. Like, rather than being a cartoony king, I'm just going to be like a ruthless ruler. I, it was great. It was absolutely freaking perfect. And it might be like the most over William Regal ever got, which is damn unfortunate but God, that character just fit him so well. Perfect. When you think about that King gimmick, Booker T, Regal, very perfectly nailed it, really. Yep. Yeah, and the, the whole, like, borrowing so much from King Lear and, and going the Shakespearean route with just being a ruthless king. 
fantastic stuff. So I don't know if you had him on there, but Triple H from being the King of the Ring? I do have a, a King of Kings, Triple H, on my list, mostly because of the WrestleMania entrances. Like, okay. I, I feel like, you know, the, the WrestleMania King of Kings entrances are almost better than Hunter Hearst Helmsley's run as King of the Ring, which is unfortunate because that's one that should have been great, too. Like, if you just would have went, like, the regal kind of route with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, it would have been great stuff. But they just didn't capitalize on it the way that I thought they should have until later in his career when all of a sudden he's the king of kings. True. So, another guy that we left off that's probably number one on our list, King Mabel. Boy, you really had me going there for a second. I know. You, you really had me going. Um, the King Mabel thing is interesting because I didn't necessarily like King Mabel. I didn't even necessarily like King Mabel winning King of the Ring. It felt like very out of place. Like, oh, really? We're going to do this? They gave it a good shot. Like, Mabel tried his ass off with the material that he was given. It just... It wasn't very good. It never really took off. But, like, I could see, like, looking back in hindsight now, they're like, we're trying to elevate Mabel up the card. This has worked in the past. We can do this, 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 and that. It just it felt so out of place at the time. And that was like the land of the giants at that point with Diesel oh, yeah. and Mabel and Sid and Yoko and Duke the Dumpster Drosy. I mean, they like have all these giant guys. That, but all those guys had something except for Mabel. So they they try the whole King gimmick with him. It just didn't work. Sir Mo as well. Yeah. So. It was a, I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like, I don't know about main eventing and I don't know about him and Diesel being able to pull it off. It just, I don't know. Yeah. The timing wasn't great. I could see the, the good effort though. A good try. Yeah. Yep. And it's very much another name I have on my list. You probably don't. The King of the Kingdom, Matt Taven. They Ooh. went all in with Matt Taven and Matt Taven's Kingdom, leading to the Madison Square Garden show. He ends up winning yep. the ROH title. We told people this is what's going to happen. This is the direction they're going. You, if you look at the booking, they've been setting this up for months. Matt Taven's going to win this thing. And it went over like a fart in church. But it wasn't due to lack of effort. They really went all in with Matt Taven. Yep. It just didn't get over. So I also had the guy that won the 1991 and 1993 King of the Ring. Where's Bret Hart on your list? Kind of middle of the pack. All right. You know, and, and I think it's the thing with Bret, I think it's just so overshadowed by Owen. I really do. Like when I think of the King of Hearts, I think of Owen. I don't think of Bret, even though Bret won it twice. So who else is on your list? Obviously, maybe barring number one. Is there anybody we missed barring the number one? Let's see. Uh, what about uh, the Kings of Wrestling? Cesaro and Chris Hero? Right. My favorite independent tag teams. I, I, I had them on my list. Um, everybody else, man, I think we hit on. I think we hit on everybody but the number one. And I mean, there's no debate for number one, right? I mean... Do you remember, though, the other Kings of Wrestling where I think Hero and Claudio stole the name from? No, I guess not. Who was that? Hall Nash and Jeff Jarrett in TNA in about the uh, 
04 era. For some reason, oh. I have no idea why. Yeah, they were literally, and, and I don't know if you remember this, they literally put on Elvis costumes, like as a joke. I don't know why Jared loves that gimmick so much, but they put on Elvis costumes, like as a joke, and they said they're the kings of wrestling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hall oh and Nash. God. Like, oh, my God. I'm just picturing, I'm going to have to go look this up now. Kevin yeah. Nash dressed as Elvis yeah. just sounds amazing to me. You could tell, like, they are, like, embracing it but probably we're drinking that day you know what i mean like that kind of thing right like, like yeah let's do it but like they're definitely part dixie yeah. dixie yeah. we got a great idea yep so God. i feel like i almost wanted to do this list and say this guy doesn't count you have to pick somebody else right i mean there's almost like that aspect of it but like can there be a better king than jerry the king lawler i don't think so i don't think so and i mean when it's not just what he did in memphis it's not just how over he got in memphis it's not just everything that he did in the ring throughout the course of decades it was also as the color guy for monday night raw like you would hear jerry the king lawler so many times over the course of so many weeks and so many years on commentary alongside that jim ross that he has just like solidified himself in all of wrestling folklore as the king of wrestling, right? I mean, like th this is not even up for a debate. I agree. I totally agree. The only thing I was thinking of was like, can we say Elvis? Because Elvis used to apparently go to the uh, go to the shows in Memphis, but no, you can't say Elvis. You can't. But it's got to be Lawler. Inside of Memphis, if you did a poll of a hundred people. And ask them who is the king of Memphis. I bet you it would go Lawler 60 40. Hmm. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, at, at this point, it might even be more than that in a 2021 context. Because, I mean, we've got generations of people who weren't around for Elvis at this point. Lawler might actually be bigger than Elvis in Memphis. I can kind of uh, probably agree with that. And then he's got his place in Beale Street. Everybody knows Jerry yeah. Lawler in Memphis. Yeah, no doubt about it. To me, it's almost like who else? Like if if Jerry Lawler was discounted and we couldn't pick him, because I feel like that's like almost too obvious. If you can't pick Lawler, who would you pick as the best king? Regal. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's right. You said he was number two. Okay. You know who I would pick? The Macho King, just because I love I that name. That. Makes so much. I thought you were going to. But Booker T is not far off. I thought for sure you were going to say Hacksaw Jim Duggan just to rib me. Oh, <laughs> I mean Hacksaw, yeah. But Booker T, Owen, and Regal are like right there. Yeah, I, I, I just the 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 Regal take on the character being it's so awesome. different than yep. everybody else that did it just puts it over the top for me. And I mean, Perfect. even still, like when you see him as the authority figure inside of NXT. He still carries himself that way. Like it, well, it, he it is a, regal. He is literally regal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a complete reinvention for William Regal and best thing that ever happened to his career, probably. So I think it's safe to say Lawler definitely would be, but let's say for argument's sake, we got to pick somebody else. So I'll pick Macho and you can go with Regal. But let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and of course Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Jargo, what do you got? 
Across all social media platforms at not Jargo, michaeljargo.com, at markmedia.com, theblowoffpod.com, destinopod.com. I've got too many damn dot coms, pause. Yeah, you really do. And what's this blow-off thing? Um, so basically what happened is uh, Rick has left the Hitting the Marks platform uh, to go kind of handle his uh, PWA obligations and whatnot. And oh. w- without hitting the marks being part of the HTM podcast network. I've decided to rebrand everything. So now the HTM podcast network is at Mark media at markmedia.com, And the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast has went away and inside its place. It's myself and the GAG from the PWC, my man, Jimmy T sitting down. We do six topics in 60 minutes. And that is the blowoffpod.com. Awesome. Loving it. Good, good idea. Good stuff there, Jargo. You're always doing something. You're always keeping busy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a freaking podcasting whore. I mean, oh yeah. And I'm, since I don't do enough shows, I'm also covering Rampage for Hameen Media over at channelattitude.com. Oh, nice. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Jargo. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for Who Is? See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.